For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Praise God. Brother Ted, I'm turning on my lapel. Amen. I want to preach this morning a lesson from the past and a hope for the future. A lesson from the past and a hope for the future. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. There's a move. There's a TV show called Blackish, and uh, the mother on that show, um, she's the her mother is famous. It's Diane. What's her name? Diane Ross. I cannot tell you for the life of me why I couldn't remember that. But the actress who plays the mother is the daughter of Diane Ross, and and uh, my sister Lowell this weekend was telling me that they they were also related to Whitney Houston. I guess Diane Ross is somehow related to Whitney Houston uh, in one way or another. And, and uh, you know, made me think about Whitney Houston and, and uh, just, uh, just her life. Uh, she wrote the words, I believe children are our future. Teach them well, lead them. Let them lead the way, show them the beauty they possess inside, are some of the words. In 1985, uh, she just broke into the music scene with this amazing voice and this confidence that electrified America. Uh, she wasn't a stranger to music, obviously. Her, Think of Diane Ross and others. Her mother was a rhythm and blues singer. She's also cousin to Diane Warwick. So music was in her blood. She sang as a child in the, in the uh, New Hope Baptist Junior Choir. And at age, age 11, a microphone was put in her hands and thus began uh, her singing. She had a voice. She had beauty. Uh, she was on magazines like Seventeen and Glamour. She studied acting. She studied dancing. But her love really was singing and uh, vocal training. And uh, America was awestruck by her. Words like, everyone's searching for a hero. People need somebody to look up to. I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs. A lonely place to be, so I learned to depend on me, she wrote. She depended on herself throughout her life. She had in her first album three singles that became number one, Saving All My Life For You, How Will I Know, and The Greatest Love Of All. Thirteen million copies were sold. She was a success. She was a Grammy win winner. I believe she won a Grammy four times from what I researched. She was the first musical artist in history to score seven consecutive number one hits that surpassed the Beatles and the Bee Gees. She sang the Star Spangled Banner in the 1990 Super Bowl 
I could go on and on. She sang about the greatest love being the love that she had for herself or that she had within herself. But she had demons within herself she battled. She battled anorexia. She battled drugs. She was addicted to drugs. A paper said that she spent hundreds of thousands of dollars a year annually on drugs. Concerts were canceled, lawsuits within her family. On February 11, 2012, her body was found in a bathtub in Beverly Hills. She had drowned accidentally because of an overdose of cocaine and other factors. She talked about trying to escape drugs. She said something like, I looked within myself and and something was missing. And she tried to fill that void with drugs. What happened? This young lady that for three decades was just incredible. Talking about the children who had beauty inside and the greatest love that we have is, is to love oneself. And yet she died with no self-assured confidence. She died with no confidence. You see, not all children are the future. Not all children become beacons of light for a lost world. But one did. One did. And that's who we have celebrated this Christmas season. It's not normal that I preach so much on Christmas, on the birth of Christ, but this year I just can't seem to get away from it in my mind. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So I just want to talk for a little while this morning, a lesson from our past to guide our future. The greatest love does not come from within. Uh... We've been told that we are to love ourselves, and it is the fodder of fortune cookies and pop psychology. It is the central theme of humanism. Love yourself. The poet William Henley expressed the bravado of all humanists. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And most false religions do this one thing well. They build up the excellent totem pole of self. And so people fall prostrate before the vertical altar of I, me, myself, mine. And their ego becomes equal to Elohim, self to Savior, me to Messiah. Many say in their hearts of hearts, I don't need a Messiah. I have myself. I can pick myself up by my own bootstraps. That's not even possible to do. If you find a turtle, Brother Tinney said, on a, on a fence post, you know somebody put it there. He did not get there on his own. I've often wondered how self-centered people promoted themselves before Facebook. What did they do before Facebook? Talk about all their great accomplishments. False religion, and I include humanism and atheism in false religion. 
assumes that within each of us we have beauty and power and that this inner beauty somehow, if it can be plumbed, world wars would instantly cease. Hungry mouths all over the world would be sufficiently filled and blissful nirvana would pervade the world if everyone, just the love that everyone has within themselves, if they would just let it out, all we would have world peace. But church, we know that that is not true. Now there's no doubt that we must have a degree of self-love, church. You need to love yourself. You are created in God's image. You are a creation of God and God cares about you. And God loves you and God thinks greatly of you. He thinks you're great. He thinks you have great potential. He thinks you can do great things. At all times, we need to see ourselves as God sees us at all times. We need to realize that God came and robed himself in flesh 2,000 years ago, wrapped in swaddling clothes because he thought something of us. But always remember that he came to us We didn't have the power to come to him. We are created in his image. He is not created in ours. We are the created. He is the creator. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God. And the second greatest is to love one's neighbor as one's self. The golden rule says that we should treat others as we want to be treated. Husbands are instructed to love their wives as they love their own selves. Amen. For no one ever hated his own flesh unless there was something seriously wrong. In anyone's normal state of mind, they don't hate themselves. They don't hate their flesh. Yet an integral part of Satan's plan has always been to exalt one above God. Isaiah 14 and 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. He caused Eve to focus on herself. James said that where envy and self-seeking attitudes exist, evil things can be found. Romans 1 and 25 Paul says, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and they worshipped worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. Church, we are either going to exalt ourselves or we're going to exalt God. Amen. With our attitudes, with our actions. Amen. Church, you can have such a rotten attitude that all everyone does is focus on you and you're stealing worship from God. We are either going to exalt ourselves or exalt God. And Satan found this out the hard way. Amen. Stare long enough into the abyss of the human heart. And church, you're going to see what Whitney Houston saw. There is no beauty. There is only emptiness that remains without God. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how well you are raised. Without God, there is emptiness. Without God, there is no beauty. The Apostle Paul learned this when he had a moment of awareness. He had a stellar career in religiosity, if that's a word. 
But then he had a moment, he had a midlife encounter with the Christ. And afterwards, he said this in Romans 7 and 18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, and the evil which I would not, that I do. Church, man is bent on evil. Try to do good. Try to do good, but there's a downward tilt. Gravity holds us down. There's a spiritual wickedness in this world and within our flesh that holds us down. As certainly as a sparrow falls to the ground, there is a downward pull. It pulls us down. It pulls us down. It pulls us down. We have to consciously get up. We have to consciously say, no. We have to realize that Cain loved himself. He was a killer. Herod loved himself. He was a killer. They were eaten from within. Napoleon, Hitler, Stalin, uh, Mussolini. They loved themselves, but they were killers. They killed one and all. And the reason is, is is because the greatest love does not come from within. Church, Hitler loved, but it wasn't the love of God. Mussolini loved, Herod loved, but it wasn't the love of God because the greatest love does not come from within. Is there any help from within? Church history says there's not. There is no help from within. Isaiah was in a state of despair. Only only a, a righteous remnant remained. Wickedness, debauchery, lewdness, Uh, They had reared their massive heads, and evil uh, was rampant. The nation of Israel was was in a stage of immorality. But what could be done? What could be done? And Church, the answer for the problem was a child. A child was the answer. And it was only after Isaiah saw God that he saw himself for who he was. I won't get into it. Go read Isaiah chapter 6. Woe is me. After he saw God for who God was. I'm a man of unclean lips. Isaiah realized that the answer doesn't come within. The answer comes from without. The answer comes from without. A child is on his way. I don't think, it's, I don't think that it is a coincidence that after Isaiah 6, you have Isaiah, you have Isaiah 7 that tells us his name shall be called Emmanuel, and you have Isaiah 9 and 6, unto us a child is born. I don't think it's any coincidence. I think after Isaiah realized that he didn't have it within himself, that he realized that goodness is going to come from above. Amen. That that righteousness and love is going to come from God. A child is on his way. Evil, you will not have your way. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Sin is not going to triumph. The wicked are not always going to swagger. No, the government shall be upon his shoulder. The spiritual melancholy is not always going to linger. His name shall be called Wonderful. Our confusion is not always going to be present because his name shall be called Counselor. The greatest love did come from a child, but not from one within. 
from one without. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. From without, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for a friend. Church, that's the greatest love. A child came, and his name was Jesus, and he saved their people. He saved his people from their sins. This is a lesson in your past, and it's a lesson worth considering. It's the Christmas story. In, in a fearful world, Jesus is born. Amen. How many times do you read in this Christmas story, Fear not, fear not, Mary. Fear not, Zacharias. Fear not, Joseph. Fear not, shepherds, that you are hearing from heaven. Fear not, all these characters of the Christmas uh, story are being told, Don't fear, because it was a time of fear. Church, when you are going through a time of fear in your life, fear not. The child has come. He is the Messiah. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. I love the shepherds. They were ignored. They were considered dirty. They were unclean. Uh, uh, They're they're my favorite characters in the Christmas story. They really are. Uh, They live this nomadic life that, that, that... They just took care of sheep and lambs. Uh, We know that Joseph told his brothers, do not tell the Pharaoh that you're shepherds. Don't don't tell him that. Uh, The Pharaoh, will he's not going to like it if he finds out you're shepherds. And so here they are taking care of the priest's sheep that will be sacrificed on the Passover. And they're in the orthodox of the past, taking care of lambs that are going to be sacrificed. And they replace it with the Lamb of God. As I said last week, they leave the lambs behind to find the Lamb of God. Wise men visit him. They bring the gold, the gift for a king, frankincense used by the priests representing deity and myrrh to use to embalm the dead. And these three gifts, we see who he is, we see uh, uh, what he's going to do, and we see what it's going to cost him. His life is a life of love. His death is a death of love. It's a lesson from the past that we've got to learn. But church, many of us, we, we never move forward. He's still the Christ child. He's, 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 still, the main, he's still in a manger. Uh, he's, 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 he's remained that way. But what we've got to do in our hearts is we've got to let Jesus grow up. He's got to grow up. He's got to become more than just a child in our lives. Because church, the lesson of our past has got to become the hope of our future. The lesson of our past has got to become the hope of our future. And that's what Isaiah wants us to see. In one birth, he begins with this child. Amen. But church, Isaiah 9 and 6 doesn't end with him being a child. Isaiah 9 and 6 ends with him being the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This lesson tells me that this Christ child grew up. Amen, that this lesson of the past became the hope of my future. Because you see, church, you take care of a child, but a father takes care of you. Amen. 
Amen. You give guidance to a child, but a wonderful counselor gives guidance to you. Praise God. You give strength to a child, but the mighty God gives strength to you. He is my mighty God. He is my everlasting Father. He is my Prince of Peace. He is my wonderful counselor. He is always available. He describes, he prescribes, he, the afflicted are alleviated, the wounds are cured. Church, we've got to let him grow up. We've got to let him become more than just a lesson at Christmas. The child is born. Let him be your mighty God. He is God with us. He is God in us. He is God for us. He's worthy. He is the Christ of Christmas, but church, he's the Christ of Pentecost. And he is the Christ of Revelation. He is the mighty God. Let him grow up. Let him be your everlasting father. He is the author of eternity. He is the creator of all things. He is the door. Amen. He is the Father. When you see the Son, you've seen the Father. Amen. That is the lesson of Christmas. Let the lesson of your past become the God of your future. Amen. I've probably shared this before uh, when Brother Robinson died, Rick Robinson at the funeral was talking about on Facebook when uh, there are pictures of Rick Robinson. I guess there was a time Brother Robinson also had a Facebook page. And you know how Facebook recognizes your, your face and it, it'll tag. It'll tag you. I'm, I don't believe I'm telling you anything you don't know. And uh, But Facebook could not figure out what the pictures of Rick Robinson and Brother Robinson were. They, it was always tagging one for the other because they looked so much alike. And uh, it was funny. It, funny for a funeral, I guess, it, as you could say, when Rick uh, came up and he spoke here a couple of years ago, right, about Turkey, about his missionary work in Turkey. I think it was a Saturday. And uh, Rick, uh, uh, when he stood up at the funeral, he, he quoted that scripture, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And as they were showing all those old pictures of, of Elder Robinson in his younger years, uh, I could see how Facebook kept getting it wrong. You, you thought you were looking at pictures of, of Brother Rick Robinson. Uh, they were the spitting image of each other. I'm telling you, Church Christ is the image of the Almighty God. Amen. All you need to know about God you find in Christ. He is the Almighty. He's not just unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. That, that's not the end of the story. It's a lesson of the past. Amen. But I need him to be uh, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father. I need him to be the prince of peace. Amen. Because church, that's what I need. That's the hope of my future. Amen, that there is going to be a day that I'm going to stand in his presence and he's going to be everything that I've ever needed, not just a Christ child born on Christmas morn. Let's stand this morning. Her name was Christina Rossetti, and she was the strikingly beautiful daughter of Italian immigrants. And this young woman had immense poetic talent. 
And she was engaged to a Roman Catholic who promised to convert. But he had second thoughts and he broke off the engagement. In church, Christina was to remain single the rest of her life. Brother Robinson once said to us, it's better to be single and wish you were married than married and wish you're single. <laughs> her poetry was moving before the breakup, but afterwards it became enchanting. She wrote this, In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan. Earth stood hard as iron, water like stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow. In the bleak midwinter, long ago. Our God, heaven cannot hold him, nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign. In the bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed. The Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. During an interview with Diane Sawyer, Whitney, Whitney Houston spoke these words from her heart. She said, even in the midst of my trouble, in the midst of my addiction, in the midst of everything that is going wrong in my life, she said, I could still pray because I know Jesus loves me. I know Jesus loves me. You see, church, the greatest love isn't loving the child within. The greatest love is to love the lesson that came from without. The lesson that the Christ child was born on Christmas morn and that this Christ child became the almighty God. Amen. Your prince of peace, your counselor, your everlasting father. Amen. What can I give him? Christina Rossetti wrote. What can I give him poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd give him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what can I give him? I can give him my heart. Let this Christian Christmas lesson, let it win your heart this morning. Let it warm your heart this morning. Let this Christ child become the Almighty God. Let him become the Almighty God. Over 1,300 years ago, in the portion of pagan England known as Northumbria, the first Christian missionaries arrived. And they came to the courts of King Edwin of Northumbria. And he had this great hall ablaze with the lights of many torches. And these Christian missionaries gave their first sermon on the Christian faith. And when they had finished, King Edwin said this or asked this. Can this new religion tell us of anything that happens after death for the soul of a man is like a sparrow flying through this lighted hall it enters in one door from the darkness outside and it flitters and flies through the light and the warmth until it reaches the door on the other side and then it passes back in the darkness. Can your new religion solve the mystery of the darkness? Our answer today is yes, it can. 
because we have learned the lesson of our past that there was a day when God robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us and that flesh that child of God has become our king of kings and our lord of lords church there is an answer for the darkness in our life there is an answer amen there is a hope for our future hallelujah church there is a hope Amen. Not just for today and tomorrow, but for eternity. There's a hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he came to where we were at. Don't you love him this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's praise him. I worship you this morning, Lord. Thank you for coming to where we were at, God. We didn't have the power within ourselves, amen, to find you, God, so you found us. Hallelujah. Lord, we didn't have the love within ourselves to solve uh, world wars, God, to solve uh, famines. Lord, we didn't have the power and the ability within ourselves to bring nirvana to this world. But, Lord, you do. God, you have that power. You're the mighty God. You're the everlasting Father. You're the Prince of Peace. Lord, you're worthy of all things. And I love and I praise you, Lord. I adore you, God. You are everything to me, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.